Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, loves, and welcome to a new podcast episode, a new month ahead, a new cycle ahead. I am so happy, as always, to be gathered with all of you, and I really look forward to this very special episode today. We've officially released and thanked and said goodbye to Ten of Wands, which was our card all throughout the month of September. And now we're shifting into the medicine and the energy and into the flow of an entirely new card for the month of October. And so we're going to be talking about that card today, really centering it, really sensing into what it's inviting us to work on this month, to pay attention to, a little bit about the theme of the month ahead. I'm going to answer a listener question. We'll spend a moment talking about the new moon in Libra in a couple days, plus Pluto going direct. It's a really big, really lovely, really exciting episode. And again, I just couldn't be happier to be gathered with all of you for it. So before I get to all that, two really quick things. The first thing is that enrollment for Heart of Service, which is my seven-week online soul-led spirit-guided business course, is closing on October 6th, end of day, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. At this point, you have likely heard me talk about Heart of Service so many times. I, I really can't overemphasize what a powerful offering it is. It's so powerful to do it and to create it. It's hugely powerful for participants. And if you're looking for a wealth of resourcing and support around shifting and deepening into your intuition, the way you serve, the way you move through the life-death-life cycles and seasons of your business service and creativity, just to name a few things, I would love to invite you to take part in it. You can find out all about it, how to sign up by going to the link in the show notes. I really, really hope to journey with you through that course flow. If you feel called to it, the course starts on October 8th, and again, enrollment closes on October 6th. The other announcement is that today, October 1st at 8 a.m. Pacific, our monthly medicine missive goes out to my newsletter subscribers, and um, you likely know about that too, but just in case you don't, monthly medicine missives are essentially big written channel downloads from me that really go into sort of a lot more detail about the energy and invitation of the month ahead. There's a collective tarot reading for all of us for the month. There's also a tarot spread for you to do for yourself so that there's hopefully more clarity. And if you happened to have missed it, or if you want to receive this month's issue for October, and we now have a fancy new auto form thing that will allow you to, um, just put in your information and receive it whenever you sign up. So if you missed sort of the big mailing on October 1st on, in the morning, never fear because you can receive it anytime, whether it be October 1st or way after the fact. So if you'd like to get that missive, if you'd like to really experience the 
the delightful medicine for this month ahead, you can go ahead and pop your information into that link in the show notes and it'll be sent right to your email. Okay, so our card for the month of October is the lovers. The lovers is very powerful, very, very complex, hard to language, hard to verbalize. Of course, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) And I do think that I'll be able to offer a, a really clear and potent summary of the invitation of this card, especially related to this month. But I just wanted to kind of start there because I know that a lot of folks tend to get a little confused about this card, and I understand why. It's got a Gemini ruling, so it's very unique in that lovers tends to bring us into sort of the human doing a lot. There's a lot about how we project, how we transfer, how we sort of give away ourselves, our beauty, our power. We look to others or or other things to sort of define us or validate us, and that is a part of lovers' card work sometimes is, is shifting out of that pattern and drawing that back into ourselves. But it also has usually very little to do with the exchange around that other person, other place, other thing. So while we may be in sort of an internal swirl around the way that we compare ourselves or the way we find we really desire something from someone or the way that we really want something in life to give us some kind of, again, like validation, the key to lovers is actually cutting the chain of that flow because we're never going to be able to actually get what we want from that source. We can only really get that from ourselves. It's not to say that there aren't some wonderful words of affirmation or validations or acknowledgments that don't completely lift us. But lovers tends to come up in situations when maybe, maybe there's a little bit of dysfunction around our patterning with that. And all of us, you know, whether we kind of know it or not or can contextualize it or not, we've all had lovers' experiences. We've all had a lot of activation around a person that we've really wanted to like us back or we've really wanted to impress or we've really wanted to honor us or see us or notice us or give us something, right? And we've all had that around places. We've all had that around like certain things in life. Like, oh, when I get that, when I'm acknowledged, when I'm named, when I'm seen, when I'm heard, when I get to that place, then I can X, Y, Z. Then I can breathe, then I can relax, then I can open, like whatever the thing may be, right? And the truth is that those things are nice, but typically when we're going out looking for them and when it's coming from that place of need, we actually get further away from that sense of oneness or of peace or of validation. We can go our whole lives looking for that. And as cliched as it sounds, It really is that no one can actually truly give us that but ourselves. And in fact, the less we sort of have an attachment or a grip on needing that, the more something like that can actually flow in. So it's, like I said, it's pretty complex, right? It's just like the energy of Gemini, right? There's the exchange between these two twins 
one that's outside of us, one that's inside of us. There's a conversation and a dialogue happening between external and internal. So there's this very powerful sort of infinity loop of information that happens with this card where it starts with us, it gets bounced out, and then sometimes it doesn't get bounced back in, right? Because sometimes what happens with lover's energy, and this has definitely happened to me, is that I am unable or I have been unable to see some part of my own whatever you want to call it, beauty or magic or worthiness or specialness or like whatever, right? And sometimes life really does hand us something, someone, some source outside of us that shows up as this beautiful mirror to our own worth, our own beauty, our own loveliness, And really, if we back all the way out, zoom all the way out, that's the exchange we're in constantly, constantly, right? Sometimes we're confronted with people who are not really accurate mirrors. They're kind of an asshole or they're like, it has nothing to do with anything. But lovers' experiences really capture that powerful sparking off. And what can happen when we're in a really rooted place with lover's energy is that we can see, whoa, this external, this other twin, this being or this source or this thing is lighting something up in me. I'm attracted to them. I want that. I'm I'm desirous of that. I'm looking for that. And then rather than attach it, so strongly to that person, that place, that title, that whatever, attainment, we circle that flow back to us. And we go, okay, I would love to be in deep receiving of that. Can I start with being able to give it to myself now? Like, what am am I actually looking for here? Am I looking for lust and desire? And does it feel like that's a good place for me to put that? Or is there another place for me to put this fire that this person is lighting up in me, if that's the case? If we're around like really dear friends and we just think like, man, I wish I had a friend like that, right? We can often get into situations where we're really trying to get sort of accepted into a particular group or community or, you know, whatever it is. And you know, we can push on the door and push on the door and push on the door. And actually at the end of the day, we can realize like that's, they're not even really like, I don't even know what I would talk about with them. Like I'm not even, I would like my own friends who really, I feel a strong resonance too. This happens with places for those of us who love to travel and at one point had the ability to freely. <laughs> I get caught in this a lot. This is one of my like deepest places because I love to travel. I didn't really get to do it a lot when I was young and certainly didn't get to do it in my 20s. And so I've had just like a very few brief years of being able to travel to some of the places that I've always wanted to go. And I can get very caught up in like, if I had a lovely moment in a place, it's hard for me to remember, like, I can, I can just travel back there in my imagination. I can, I can breathe into that place. Maybe I'm, I'm having my own version of it here where I am that's completely different. 
But instead, my thinking mind will start clicking and I'll start thinking, well, how do I get back there? Thinking that like, I have to go back there in order to recapture this feeling. And I'm not here to argue like travel's great. Love is great. (laughs) Like we're in an exchange here on this earth for a reason. Like there's no reason why we can't expect or desire or want things from each other. And there's no reason why we can't or shouldn't be able to long to go back to a place that we love. Like, come on, you know, that's all that's okay. But it's when it starts becoming a thing, when we start over assigning and overemphasizing and just, it's gotta be like that thing that, you know, if we get stuck in something, that's when the lovers will pop up and go, Hey, how you doing? I feel like you're getting very stuck on what's in the mirror, but not letting that reflection come back to you. So how can we let what's being reflected to you come back into your being? What's being reflected and how can you integrate that and absorb that? So it's not your everyday average card. It really isn't. It's not simple. And of course it has, you know, used other folks as an example a couple of times and I've even brought up like attraction and things. I want to just fully acknowledge and mention it before. It's always important to the lovers is not in any way, shape or form a card that has to do with a lover or a partner, or it, it does not have to by any means exist anywhere inside of the realm of attraction or desire or romantic feelings at all. It really doesn't and often comes up completely outside of that. And I speak to it because I know there are a lot of folks, myself included, who have experienced lover's energy around an infatuation or a crush or like getting the energy caught in a kind of a transferential thing with someone. But it just as often and easily comes up around colleagues, other people in our field that we think, oh, I wish I could be just like them or how did they get where they got or you know, again, friend longing and and pangs of wanting to to belong or wanting to be friends with someone. And certainly outside of the realm of other people, this happens all the time with titles and accolades and validations of, of any sorts. It happens with jobs. It happens with needing to be an X, Y, or Z needing to whatever it might be, right? We can We can go on and on. So just know that although I've brought it into the conversation a couple of times, it's just to really cast a a very wide spectrum of possibilities, not because I'm necessarily centering that. Because it can be a part of the exchange, but it of course doesn't define this card, even though it's called the lovers. It really has very little to do with that. So that is our card for the month of October. And the theme for the month of October is reclamation. That's sort of the word, the theme, um, just like in September, it was shift. This month is reclamation. And if you want, again, more medicine, more clarity, more juicy goodness about all that, you can sign up for the monthly missive on my newsletter. But for our purposes here and now and how that relates to lovers and what we're sort of doing this month The lover's card is the ultimate card of reclamation because there's a flow happening and and rolling and meant to be cycling through us 
moving from us outside of us back into us, us outside of us back into it, right? And when we get lover's energy, and typically when we pull this card, it's a heads up that there's a little crimp in the hose somewhere, as my teacher would say. There's a little block in the flow. And we may be getting too caught on what's external without drawing that back into the internal. Reclamation means that we are calling back into us, and that is really what October is about, calling back into us what's ours, what belongs to us. So I hesitate to provide a bevy of examples because I think that that word is going to strike everyone really differently. And I think that when we hear the word reclamation, all of us are going to have a different experience about that. For one person, it could be an acknowledgement of a lifetime of needing to be validated in some way, in some way that is very specific to them. And October might be, if we're willing to sort of hitch a ride and hold on to the back of that horse and an experience that could actually shift us, maybe not completely out of the pattern, but enough so that we could have a better understanding of where we tend to get caught and stuck. And when we have an understanding of, of where reclamation feels impossible or difficult or where we feel blocked, when we understand, we can offer more compassion, we can apply more balm to a specific area. Like if it feels too scary to reclaim something because at one point it wasn't safe to be in full embodiment of that, we can take that to our therapist. We can take that to a processor and start establishing more safety. If there's been a huge overemphasis on, I'll be happy when I get validated in this way. I'll be happy when I get this kind of position. I'll be happy when I get this promotion. It's not to say that we can't absolutely aim for those things and desire them. But when it's all that we're aiming for, there's something missing there. And the energy would invite us to consider, well, how can you validate yourself? You know, how does that feel? And that might kick off some really big feelings. I know for me personally, sometimes that can bring a big inner kid anger, like a fucking that's all I did. I'm ready for like other people, motherfucker, to be in exchange with me, you know? Like I was my own parent. I did all the validating, like, hi, I'm ready for something else, you know? But again, if there's an over-attachment, we want to be aware of it, ideally. So that's what this month is about. All of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care myself too, all of us, all of us give parts of ourselves away in moments in ways that we might not even realize. And that's not to say that we're in constant like betrayal of a self, not at all. But we are always kind of over-promising or feeling like we have to give so much in order to get so little back There's some kind of much, much larger 
opportunity to understand a, a way bigger working going on about the way that we give away, the way that we project, the way that we transfer, the way that we're not able to bring the full flow back to us in some way. Um, and for some of us, there was a giving away process that started when we were really young. And maybe we have just continued it, or maybe we've walked around or moved around on this plane for decades without even realizing that we were a little lower in our bucket on something than maybe the next person was. So the idea is to get much, much clearer about where we are, where we're going, and what we're being invited to reclaim. And indeed, you know, lover's energy is all about, again, this idea of calling back to ourselves what we tend to give away. It is about deepening into self-love. It is about starting to begin to move into the, the really confronting work, being able to say, I'm willing to let go of the need to have this thing come to me. I'm willing to let go of the need for something outside of me to, again, complete me in some way. And, you know, again, I can look at, I can really honestly look at my life now, even with the work I do and even with the level of awareness that I think I have, and I still have these places where if I'm really being honest with myself, like, I feel this way. <laughs> so I'm sure you do too, because you're likely doing the same kind of work and that you have the same kind of goals and intentions as I do. And there are likely those of you out there working way harder than me in whatever you're doing. So it, it's to say that we can be so, so intentional, so aware, we can be so committed to our growth and evolution and still this can bring us to our knees. It really can. Because to reclaim something, there has to have been a giving away. There has to have been a stripping away at some point whether we kind of agreed to that or or we had to do it to survive or we allowed someone else to convince us that it was a good thing to do or whatever it might be, right? I think that lovers is also about a sense of ancestral homecoming, which um, is difficult to language because there there is a sense in all of us of, you know, where we are living, breathing conjurings and, and visions of our ancestors. Like we are constantly in the position to repair the harm that they've done. We're constantly in the position to go further than they did, to heal some of their wounding, to bring about an end or a shift to some kind of ancestral patterning. And we can get really, really stuck in where they left off, right? It's so easy to just unconsciously get rolled or wrapped up into old cycles or old patterns. Or if my parent was not able to love themselves and if their parent wasn't able to love themselves and, you know, and, and if it was huge in their personality, I likely will, you know, in my experience of of seeking out the love that I didn't really wasn't really able to get from my caretakers, it came from a lot of different places and set off a lot of, you know, 
traps in my, in my consciousness that were like, oh, that's a place where you get love. (laughs) No, not from the self, not from, not from, you know, this kind of deeper, richer place, but here, you know, because this feels like this, or this feels like that, or there's a little bit of unavailability in this. So it kind of feels a little safe. It feels like a parent or the parent I had. So there's, there's, always an element of ancestral healing inside of our lover's work. And again, the intention and the invitation of this idea of reclamation is calling back to us what belongs to us, our birthright. And I think that again, that means something different to each of us. I also think that there's a larger sort of collective universal experience with this theme because we're tired. Like there's a level of exhaustion, of burnout, of trauma that is profound. And I don't necessarily know, I will look forward to discovering it with all of you. You know, I don't know what or how, I don't know the breadth and the scope of what's possible this month as it pertains to a collective reclaiming in terms of of taking back more of our time, more of our energy, but I, I am hoping that there is some kind of possibility <laughs> for that um, in a way that feels manageable and accessible. So, yeah, I mean, it's powerful shit. And again, the, the, the kind of back and forth of it is pretty unique to this sort of Gemini-accented lover's energy because... Lovers uses what's going on in the earthly realm to give us a heads up about where we have sort of that little crimp in the hose. And so we need to be aware and paying attention basically to what's happening on the surface and our sort of earthly patterns, which we always want to have an awareness of. And then rather than just try to work on it in the surface level, actually draw it down under the surface And once we do that work, it'll pop up naturally and we'll notice a change in the way that we are responding to and interacting with the world. So there's, again, this really lovely infinity loop happening here. So in conclusion to our little deep dive on this, the lovers is really showing up as a profound anchor for this month because it's going to be helping to illuminate for us where we do tend to get stuck or caught in these patterns. And I think it's really important to name that it's not anything that we need to beat ourselves up for at all. This is not something that like, oh, we should be over this by now. Fuck no. This is lifelong. It's lifelong stuff. It's it's just one way that whatever is happening under the surface tries to get our attention, right? When we get caught or stuck or we start projecting or transferring or whatever it might be, it's one place to start looking to see what we can do to bring that sort of strong external reflection back into ourselves so that we're actually seeing an accurate reflection of what's possible in this moment just from the shining beauty of what exists within us. And there is a huge reclamation inside of that, that we're all going to be playing with, you know? And of course, for all of the weeks in the month of October, we're going to be exploring this with our anchor cards. 
and looking at how we can sort of branch out into various places in deepening our work with lovers and with this theme of reclamation. So our listener question this week comes from Gabby and Gabby asks, dear Lindsay, I feel as if the lovers is my lifetime work. I give my power away so easily. If a person likes me, then I'm worthy. I'm special. This experience and these thoughts feel so true for me. It's a really embedded pattern and brings a spiral of shame, fantasy, and anxiety. I'm so willing to do the work, but patterns like this feel so hard to shift. Dear Lynn, how can I move out of this energy long term? Well, again, I just want to start, Gabby, by really honoring and acknowledging where you're at. Like the feelings, like they're, they do feel so true. Like they are so they're so big and there's really kind of nothing quite like them, actually. I don't know that I've ever experienced, even for myself, anything quite like those big lovers' energy pulls, both with people in my life around various situations and things and places. And there's there's definitely a, a strong, like, riptide pull that happens inside of that. So you're not alone. I think that this is, happens to everyone. I certainly understand it from myself, and I'm I'm so happy that you wrote in about it. <sighs> How can you move out of the energy long term? Um, I might suggest that you start with short term. I might suggest that that it does take a little while to shift out of that. I can think of couple of different really strong lovers experiences I had. Um, in one case, it kind of took years of like noticing the invitation and just kind of not like dropping the other side of the phone, noticing when I sort of felt that phone call inside of me, like, Ooh, you could, you know, get drawn back into this, or you could go in this direction, or maybe you could try to like get something going here. And I, after a while, I knew there was nothing there except for a part of me trying to get closer to me or me trying to look for something that got sparked off in me from that original place, but that I didn't need, I didn't need the original place or thing to re-spark it, right? If I had an experience of desire or of longing in some way, there was a way for me to recapture that. And, you know, either by being with it or sitting with it or remembering and funneling and channeling it in a different direction so that it didn't get all swirled up around the person, the the place or the situation. So it can take a while to repattern that, especially if, if if those hooks go in really, really strongly. And I think every layer of it is a valid and worthy one, you know? And I will say that I have had this come up, you know, I mentioned my stuff with travel, <laughs> like I've had this come up with travel, it still comes up. The only thing that changes is that I don't pick up the phone to it. Like if I if I understand that you know, now is not a time for me to go to this place that my heart go to. I can check in about it. If I'm getting a no to go right now, that's really my answer. And so then I get to flip over to 
there's something about that I'm wanting. There was something about my time in that place that I'm wanting to recapture. What was that? And usually when I can shift out of my brain being like, you will only be able to get that by going back to that exact place in that exact situation. Um, when I can shift out of that, or at the very least, um, see it, acknowledge the invitation, but not pick up the phone to it, then I'm free to be able to say, well, what was it about that? What am I looking for? And that's something that I've, I think we can journal about, we can play with, like, What's inside of it if we take away the 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 mirror itself? What's actually in the reflection that I'm looking for, right? So from there, then I can start getting creative about ways to gift that to myself while also holding a space that if it's meant to be, I would love to go back to that place someday. And I'd love to draw more of that back into my life. But I can start with what's here today, you know? Um, But that doesn't mean that my longing to go to those places and to have time back there that was relaxing and joyful doesn't, is there, there aren't pangs around that, that, that it's not true. It is true. I do want to go back to, to those places. You know, if we have feelings, they are true. Like they're, they're our feelings, right? That they're totally valid and legitimate and they just may not be exactly what we're looking for at the end of the day. And so I think it's just layer by layer by layer. And I would also say I went through a really powerful transferential experience with my therapist last year that cracked open more for me than I ever thought was possible or inside of me really. And it all got processed and cleared and now is no longer a part of the of the container. But um, if I had been committed to never going through this kind of lover's thing again, I would have missed the opportunity to kind of draw and reclaim, draw back into everything that was coming up around and underneath that transference. So that's why I say you don't have to move out of it long-term. Like, Every once in a while, my brain still calls up the number that I'm like, whoa, this, this is old. And um, it's like, I know what it's calling for. And I, and then that's a reminder to me like, oh, I must be wanting a little bit more of this. How could I give this to myself? What's, what's inside of that? And how can I reclaim a little bit more of that without needing it to come from X thing? you know, this thing or that thing. Um, so again, it's not that we can't have feelings. It's not that we can't want to go places. It's not that we can't, um, have an exchange or be in an exchange with something outside of us, but lovers experiences as you're speaking to are really, they're quite different and they really do have to do with like us, like there's a grippiness and there's a, yeah, there's an intensity to them, right. That's a little different than maybe, another exchange in our lives might go that isn't so connected to that. So I would say the spiral of shame and fantasy and anxiety that you're going through is so valid. I feel like that was my my experience too. Know that that's kind of part of why I think the thinking mind draws us into that because if we're stuck in 
shame and fantasy and anxiety, we won't really be here in the present. We also won't really be in the pain of what's likely underneath the experience. So it's just another way to try to protect us um, from deeper pain is by drawing us into different pain, which is again, like a brain classic thing to do. So yeah, I'm so sorry that you're going through it, but please know that it does shift and change with time. And there are layers and layers and layers to it. We do it over a lifetime. And eventually I really believe that there can be possibly a long-term shift for you, but just out of love and respect to yourself, I would invite you to consider what, what could change right now. You know, what could be shifted right now rather than needing for it to be a long-term thing, right? So I hope that helps, Gabby. Thank you so much for asking that question. And the last piece I'm going to speak to before we, we end our time here today is the new moon in Libra that's happening on the 6th. So this is a powerful day. First of all, just as a refresher, when Libra season is really operating at its highest capacity, especially given the fact that, you know, this is, it's cardinal air, it, it, air is about slicing through, you can think of the swords, right? Slicing through delusion, illusion, confusion, and drawing us into the nitty gritty of like, what's here and like, what's going on with this? So I know for myself, since Libra season has started, there's been a couple things where I've been like, wow, this is a come to Jesus, <laughs> like about, not even like in a bad way, just like this is a wake up call, like for real about this thing or about that thing. And some of it, it's like, I can't even really do anything about it right now, but it's really just about sitting in the awareness. So to be able to have a new moon in this energy is really drawing in where we've been sort of invited to work and to look at since moving into Libra season and kind of pivoting to channel it into new moon energy, which of course is when we start over. It's the beginning of a new cycle. It's 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 planting seeds of intention. It's drawing something new down and in. So we are being invited during this moon to build create, plant a seed of intention for a new cycle in our lives that is focused and devoted to really, really clear seeing and a deeper balance across the board for ourselves, for each other, for our lives, for our energy across the board. I mean, this is really the moon to like light a candle and set down some major intentions about your space, your boundaries, your your energetic capacity around the exchange in your life. It's a very, very big one, right? And, you know, because it is connected with justice, there's often a lot in labor season around like, we know something's not working, but we don't quite know what to do to change it. And that's how we can use this new moon in Libra is being able to say like, this is where I know I'd like to go. And I acknowledge that I have to fully, fully see the whole picture of what's happening right now and how I got here in order to draw in or call in something different. And there, 
it's significant. The new moon in Libra is very significant because it happens on the same day that Pluto goes direct. So think about that. Think about how strong, I mean, we've been feeling the intensity of Pluto. Our Mercurian retrograde was aspected to Pluto just about a week ago. We are feeling this energy in a huge, huge way. There is a lot of kind of, um, mercilessness, <laughs> um, especially with the, for those of us who have a lot of kind of Scorpio Pluto in our charts, or there's a strong, you know, correlation or connection to Pluto and Mercury. And, uh, you know, there, there are ways that I think for those of us, some of us, it could be stronger, but really, I think we're all feeling it is like, there's this sense of, I, I can't like the blindfold has been lifted off a la the judgment card or the awakening card, right? It's like, we, now that we've seen it, we can't unsee it. We have to be able to draw in and start to call in a new way. And the new moon in Libra doesn't tell us exactly how that'll happen or what we need to do exactly. It really just says, just call it in, just ask for it. And so with Pluto going direct, it's really allowing all of those energies to sort of work together. And so the, the um, capacity that we have for building in long-term change is very, very high at this moon. And so that's just one way to work with it. But um, it's sure to be a very, very strong day. I almost feel like it's eclipse-like. Like it almost, I can feel it. Like it's just very, very strong already, almost a week away. It does feel like we're building to it. So we'll see when it gets here, how it feels and what it invites us to pay attention to. So thank you so much for being here, loves, again. And if you want to, you can sign up for Heart of Service enrollment for that closes on October 6th. You can sign up to receive the written monthly medicine at the link in the show notes. The link to enroll in Heart of Service is at the link in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I really, really look forward to spiraling deeper into lover's medicine and into this theme of reclamation, into our theme of looking into the sacred mirror with lovers and with everything that this month is going to call and invite us into. I'm excited and grateful to be on the journey with you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. And until we meet again, please take exquisite care of yourselves. <laughs>